It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Hey, I think about that Rolling Stones song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, and I almost feel like that is kind of a motto for our day. There's so many people that are seeking satisfaction and they can't find it because they're looking for it in all of the wrong places. You know, if you're looking for satisfaction in anything other than Jesus Christ, one thing I can tell you, uh, ultimately, no matter what it is, it will fail you. Today in the Word, we're in um, John chapter number 15, and I love this chapter because here Jesus is speaking of himself as the true vine and how as his followers, um, we need to be able to abide in him if we're going to bear fruit. In verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So here we are, just a little bit of background. The disciples have been gathered with Jesus in an upper room in um, Jerusalem, the upper part of the city. That began in chapter 13, and it carried through into chapter 14. Now, the very last verse in chapter 14, Jesus said, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. He says, Arise and let us go hence. So at the end of chapter 14, Jesus and the disciples gathering in that Passover Lord's Supper setting get up from the table and leave that upper room and they begin their journey toward the Garden of Gethsemane. Now we know from John chapter 18 in verse 1, that's where they cross over the Kidron Valley and come up into the Garden of Gethsemane. So here uh, in chapter 15, 16, and 17, We have them somewhere in the middle in route. So they're leaving the upper room. They're journeying toward the Garden of Gethsemane. And they would have come by on this journey and they're weaving through the city. They would have came by the presence of the temple. And there was one of the gates at the temple called the Hudal Gate of the temple. I think I'm saying that right. And it had a large golden sculpted vine with grapes on it. And Josephus said that this vine was so large that its trunk was the circumference of a man's body. So as they're walking and they're making their way and they see this huge golden sculpted vine with grapes on that temple, it's in that moment we picture Jesus stopping and saying to all of them, you know what, I am the true vine. Now, true vine in comparison to what? Well. Israel was known in the Old Testament as God's vine. In many places, God referred to them as the vine. Um, I'm going to read a couple of those to you. Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. It says, Now I will sing to my beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it, and he gathered out the stones thereof, and he planted it with the choicest vine. 
and he built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein and he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes and now o inhabitants of jerusalem and men of judah judge i pray you between me and my vineyard what could have been done more to my vineyard that i have not done in it wherefore when i looked that it should bring forth grapes it brought forth wild grapes and now go to i will tell you what i will do to my vineyard I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it waste, and it shall be pruned, not dig, but there shall come up briars and thorns, and I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant, and he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry." See, Israel in Isaiah's day had rebelled against God and they were going into captivity. And so in this prophecy, God says, you know, what I wanted out of Israel was fruit. What I wanted out of them was to represent me, but instead they did their own thing, their own will, and God brought judgment upon Israel. He mentions Israel once again, representing him as his vine in Psalm 80, verse 8. You've brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the heathen and planted it. So Israel was the vine, Jeremiah 2.21. Yet I had planted you a noble vine, holy a right seed. How then are you turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine to me? So when they're walking past that temple and they're seeing that huge golden symbol that is representative of Israel as God's choice vine in the earth, Jesus knew that Israel had long turned their back on God. And even though that symbol was there, it really didn't represent the truth of God any longer. You see, Israel was the promise bearers of God to the nations, but they had failed in truly representing God to the nations. And so here is Jesus saying, I am the true vine. So Jesus was the true fulfillment of all of those promises that Israel was supposed to have been delivering to the nations. You see, Jesus is the true vine. Now, in comparison to Israel, the the doctrinal truth of that day was God was showing them that soon the temple would be destroyed, soon the, uh, the priesthood of the Old Testament would be replaced, and that God's new vine, uh, God's new working in the earth would take place through the church. But in the midst of all of this, what Jesus is saying, everything that happened before me was designed to point to me. And everything that will come after me is designed to point back to me. Jesus saying, I am the true vine. I am the true source of life. I am the true place of nourishment for people, for God's people in particularly. Now, practically speaking, there, there's really a lot of vines that people can have in their lives. Um, there's things people lean on, people depend on for fruit in their life. People want joy. People want happiness. People want satisfaction but they can't get no satisfaction because really satisfaction can only come through a personal relationship with jesus christ and in this chapter he talks about abiding in him now i think there are substitutes that can create a sense of satisfaction i think there's fleshly substitutes i think there's power substitutes um i think there are you know um things we can own and have possessions that act as substitutes But every one of those things ultimately will fail. And if it's not in this life they'll fail, then it's eternity in eternity they will fail. 
and that we will understand that Jesus said, uh, you know, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to him that he is Lord. So there's a lot of things that people look for in this life for satisfaction. Um, by the way, some are good things. They're not always bad. And I think this even happens in the lives of Christians. Family is a great thing. But if you elevate family too highly, you know what? Family can become a bad thing, can become an idol. Um, different customs that we have and maybe things we have pride in and that we love and that we're familiar with, they can be good things. But you know what? When they become the focus thing, they can become an idol. Um, I think about careers that people have or other pursuits. So what I'm saying is there's a lot of things in life that we can lean on to satisfaction and many of them can be good things. Some of them are bad things. Um, some people lean on immorality to find some sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. Um, some people uh, lean on substances that can create substance abuse and they can take, you know, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or anything that kind of numbs the pain a little bit. Um, it can be greed. It can be really the pursuit of anything. And it gives us a sense of satisfaction. Man, it can be good or it can be bad. The bottom line is this. Think about this. Anything that rises to the level of providing comfort and fulfillment in life, in the place of Jesus or other than Jesus, um, ultimately becomes an idol in our lives. Now, we think of idols as, you know, these horrid statues that people maybe would bow down to in a Hindu temple or something. But, you know, we don't typically think of, uh, man, our grandkids as, as idols, right? We don't typically think of our spouse as an idol or our car as an idol or our job as an idol or our customs and traditions as idols. But the reality is anything that I see as the thing other than Jesus as the one thing. That's why Jesus said in John 15, 5, he said, without me, you can do nothing. So when it's all said and done and it's all stripped back and the layers of the onion of our life are pulled back, the question is, is Jesus truly the source of our comfort? Is he truly the source of our satisfaction? Here's the question for us today. Is Jesus the true vine in your life today? Or is there some other true vine? Hey, you profess faith in Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus. Hey, you even go to church every Sunday to uh, talk about Jesus. But underneath it all, do you really feel like that Jesus is your all? And if every single thing else was stripped away today, that you still have that joy and that satisfaction and that wholeness that can only come from Jesus Christ. You know, I was thinking about back in 2 Kings chapter number um, 18, the Jews had rebelled against God and God sent these poisonous serpents all among them. And God made this brazen serpent and God said, uh, lift this brown serpent up in the air, Moses. And this is back um, in, the, in Numbers, I believe. And he lifts it up in the air and he says, whoever looks upon it will live. And so here's the people suffering under this trial from God. And man, they're bit by these poison serpents and they're ready to die. And Moses lifts up this serpent in the desert. And the people began by faith to look upon that serpent. And man, they became healed. It was miraculous. It was incredible. 
And why not? Because that serpent was a picture of Jesus Christ. It was a type of Christ. Uh, John 3, 15 says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So you had this bronze serpent man that brought healing to the people, this method of God that was incredible. This method brought such joy. This method brought so much to them. But by the time you get to King Hezekiah's day and he's bringing revival back to the people, the people had somewhere between Moses and Hezekiah began worshiping the bronze serpent. So instead of worshiping the God that the bronze serpent pointed to, they actually began worshiping the bronze serpent. They began worshiping the method instead of the message. And Hezekiah destroyed that bronze serpent because it had taken the place of an idol in their life. So the application really is this. Jesus is the one we must trust. He's the one we have to abide in. Anything else becomes an idol. Anything else fails us. I think there's a lot of things that God can give us for joy and pleasure in life. He gives us freely all things to enjoy. But when anything elevates the place to the one thing, then it becomes an idol in our life. That's what happened to Israel. Their temple worship, all these things God had given them really became the idol. And Jesus, with a glance, looks over on his way to Gethsemane and he says, hey, I am the true vine. Jesus never fails. So the word for the day is this, trust, abide, and depend on Jesus only, the true vine today. Find your value, find your satisfaction, find your strength in him alone, because anything else you look to for that level of support ultimately will become an idol in your life and ultimately it will fail you. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.